Just hit a button, Morty. Give me a beat. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Um. Welcome back, man, to a new episode of Not Your Weekly Sports Pod. Vala the Bala, bro. I just got to start us off with one thing, man. We just watched and witnessed the end of a great NBA season. Congratulations congratulations to the Greek Freak and Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks for finally winning the NBA championship and culminating a really fun year in the NBA. But Vala the Bala, bro, I just got to ask you, man. What do we think of this fucking year? What do we think of all of the NBA from what we've seen from the 2021 season? Felt like basketball was back, man. Yeah. Disappointing to see the injuries that we saw over the course of the season and over the course of the playoffs as well. Unfortunately, some key guys went down or aggravated some injuries. But, you know, fans are back. Basketball is back in full swing. Players are from these final series are moving on, going to the Tokyo Olympics. So it feels like basketball's back and it's here to stay, which is my key takeaway from all of this. Because you're going to hear all the different noise from various outlets of, oh, these playoffs didn't count. There were too many injuries, so this championship isn't the same. And there's definitely a level of nuance that you have to consider when you weigh players' legacies when you consider a championship like this one, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, let me throw... just to throw the question back at you, Nabil, of the last, let's say, 10 NBA champions, would you say this Milwaukee team is probably the weakest one? Yeah, I would say so. At the same time, yeah, I think this is one of the weaker ones in the past 10 years that I could think of off the top of my head. Uh, no other true superstar other than Giannis. Um, but at the same time, you know, I just got to give roses where roses are due. We're seeing a superstar uh, just get molded right in front of our very eyes. A, a guy taking his coronation um, into the limelight of being the you know the future face of the NBA and Giannis Antetokounmpo, bro. Um, what else do we have to say about this guy? Is his time now? Like his time has fucking come now. I think when you score thirty, when you average thirty-five points, thirteen rebounds, and five assists on sixty-two percent from the field. Playing the defensive effort that you play, averaging three blocks a game, averaging two steals a game, dominating the court on both ends. And by dominate, I mean you exert your will and the defense has no answer for it. Levels of Shaquille O'Neal domination that I don't think basketball has seen in a while, really since the mid-2000s, the early Lakers days, probably before the 03 season is when it all started to go downhill. But yeah, Giannis is doing it. 26 years old, signed to the Supermax contract. And, bro, what a better what a better story for basketball than for the guy who everybody was saying, well, he could pair up with Luka in Dallas. He'd go to New York and carry that big franchise. Go to the Lakers, you know, join up with LeBron in his, in his twilight. Instead, he stayed in a small market, signed the Supermax. The Supermax worked for the NBA in helping boost the small market to its first championship in over 50 years. Bravo. Giannis, what, a, what an unbelievable finals performance. While this may be one of the weaker championships, this is most certainly not one of the weaker finals performances. This is up there in terms of anything that I've seen in my lifetime. Uh, and all the props has to be given to where it's due. Like you said, man, roses to Giannis. He earned them. 
Yeah, dude. I mean, there's so much I think I take back from this series of saying I think the the league is in very good hands. Uh, having a 26-year-old with all the accolades that I think he possesses now at his age puts him in a class of his own and, you know, the echelon in the history of the NBA. And I think this is exactly what the NBA wanted. The NBA doesn't want to have a diluted league. Uh, the, the, you just had a small market team essentially just arise from the ashes with no other lottery picks, right? Chris Middleton was a second round pick. Giannis was the number 15 pick. No, you know, this is what you're hoping OKC can do with all this other draft capital, what the Rockets can do, what other teams not in the, uh, on the East Coast or West Coast can really do. And more importantly, having an international, fa- international guy be the face of, of the NBA, contrary to what you hear a lot of fucking racist assholes say that people that can't announce, uh, pronounce Giannis Antetokounmpo, sh- and that should be the reason why he can't be the face of the NBA. We're going to say fuck you to all you people that think that. But this game is becoming so much more international, volent to have a guy who's from Nigerian roots, lived in Greece, just recently moved to America. How good is all of this for you know the NBA going forward and what we think it can be the next soccer of the world? Man, uh, we talked about... For example, when we did our Team USA podcast, we talked about the U.S. running into the real possibility over the next decade of not having the best player on the court when they go up against teams like Greece with Giannis on the court or against teams like Slovenia when Luka's on the court or maybe Jokic in Serbia. Who knows what the makeup of Team USA is, but you know, unless our absolute one or two best players are playing... The U.S. doesn't have the depth against competition that it used to anymore simply because that competition is getting so much better. Yeah. And we've, we've outlined and documented the reasoning for that several times in the past. But again, you know, there's going to be a whole generation of kids now who look up to Giannis and they read his story about how he came from the streets of Greece, wasn't even a citizen in Greece initially and had to struggle there and was able to squeeze his way onto a basketball team. But man, yeah, absolutely. I think it does wonders for the game and it's only going to continue to do so for the internationality of the game. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at the whole Giannis story and I think this for me like epitomizes the whole American dream. I think this is just such a great story that a guy of Nigerian descent, uh, you know, connects to Nigeria and we're talking about emerging basketball populations, right? But Nigeria just whipped our ass in an exhibition game and every single player on that Nigerian team is uh, playing currently in the NBA. That guy of that, you know, you know, descendancy and then going to Greece, you know, the, the guy's going to play for the national team for Greece. I mean, think about this. Greece for the next four to eight years is going to have every single Antetokounmpo on that team. Right. Like that's that talk about a front court. And then, you know, again, going back to the internationality of everything now, all, all these top 10, we're going to get into this, but all these top 10 international guys that are there, if you, you know, what if MB decides to play for Cameroon, right? What if like, you know, like you said, like every time we have a, a center or every time we play as team USA into these other teams, especially at the center position, if Anthony Davis doesn't play, the other team's going to have the best center no matter what. And, you know, a lot of this has to go with the time follow that. I think we're in back into the age of the big man. Funny enough. It's what I think, you know, one thing I just thought of as well is something that Max Kellerman talked about. And I agree with is what Evan Mobley, number two to the Rockets. That'd be fun. I'm actually, I've, I've gotten convinced of that now, by the way, as well. <laughs> oh God. Oh bad. Um, actually not really. Okay, good. No worries. Um, but is the age of the center, right? We just had uh, fucking Giannis just won finals MVP. Jokic just beat out Joel Embiid for the MVP voting. And arguments could have made that AD could have won finals MVP. 
Like we're in the age of the center now. Probably should have. Yeah, probably should have. And we're currently in the age of the uh, the big man now, bro. So like, it's really exciting that you know this guy that's gonna be the future face of the NBA. He's also a big man. So I think we're in a new generation and a new uh, new era of basketball, bro. Not to be too dramatical about this. Yeah, I think he's embraced it, the big man role, and you know the rest of his career. I think going forward for Giannis, we'll talk about where he fits into this top ten. But I think the rest of his career is gonna be chasing. The greatest power forward in NBA history. Timmy. I think that's what he's going to be going for now. Yeah. You know, he already took Kobe's challenge on to be an MVP. He's now a finals MVP. Defensive player of the year type player. And so that's the only next logical step is be the best ever at your position. We just talked about this, but it's crazy at age 26. I think he has one of the most stacked resumes of all time this early in his career. And I think if we even think about it, right, I think he's only had like three or four, like only his past three, four years have been like when we look at this guy as a top 10 player, like how quickly he's ascended to being the best player at age 26. He has all he has. Bro, if he keeps this up, like I I really think he'll be able to match Timmy's resume, like when it's all said and done. Um, I think if he plays for another decade for the way that he has, and I mean, every indication shows that this guy is a fucking superhuman coming back from his knee being twisted and whatnot and fucking coming back and just dropping 50 pieces like it's nothing. Uh, the sky's the limit for this guy. Like, I don't think I've been this excited for a young prospect this early in their career since LeBron. I, I, I really haven't been this excited, especially to see what, how dominant this guy is at age 26. Yeah, I was a big Giannis hater back in the day. Um, I think he's probably the best player in basketball right now after this performance. Yeah, you think so, huh? I think so. Just what he's able to give you defensively, man. Watching these Suns games and really watching, like, you know, the plan being Chris Paul, ISO, pick and roll, and then getting the switch that he wants or working and operating out of that initial pick and roll action. And when Giannis enters the equation on defense, like, the play just... It's no, no more. Like, you're in timeout is basically what Giannis is telling them. Yeah. And the effect that he has on that end of the ball, plus the numbers that he gives you on the efficient 62% from the field, scoring 36 a game. Like, Shaq didn't even do that during his Lakers championships. Uh, And he's doing that at the four with the entire game plan on him because he has no other true superstars on that team. And Middleton gave them some pedestrian efforts late in that series. He yeah. didn't give them anything special People forgetting either. that closeout, he barely gave you 17. Right. And a lot of those points coming in garbage time. Right. But yeah, man, I absolutely, I think Giannis is number one for that. And the fact that he's going to give you a healthy full season. He doesn't miss games. Mm-hmm. He hyperextends that knee and comes back like a week later from an injury that would have sat most dudes out the rest of the playoffs. And he doesn't have the injury history behind him as well. He's healthy. He's young. No soft tissue injuries behind him. No surgical reconstructions. And he gives you those things that I listed before, man. I think he's only going to get better. He's still 26, going to be 27 next year. And so the next step is, you know, if he develops and works on that mid-range shot that we've talked about before, Nabil, that little turnaround jump shot that he's added to his arsenal, if he really perfects that, gets that to Sean Livingston level of yak with the length that he has, it's going to be hard to stop him in the half court. And it's already impossible to stop him in the full court. 
Yeah, so I think personally with you, bro, like, or personally with that, I, I think the argument's completely there. Like, the I think one and two can be hotly debated, and I think either order can be right at any times. I personally just still have KD as the best player in this league, uh, just because I think there's still defensive schemes that you can put to counteract the Giannis effect this early in his career at age 26. Um, I think that's just one of the things I was really upset at Monty Williams, that he didn't do a little bit more in this series um, in which you saw other teams try to put a wall around Giannis and it can somewhat be you know somewhat be better than just having a 22 year old pretty much play one-on-one against him and get destroyed from one guy giving you what 50 and like 13 and the other guy giving you 12 and 4 like you know there's better ways to scheme against that and I think obviously Giannis is going to get better like we were talking about Vala if he just hits the Dirk Nowitzki type fucking fade away with the knee in the face nobody's going to be able to guard him but when i look at kd i mean this guy's the uh, you know the best offensive player i think in the history of basketball oh i i I'm, I, there's stuff that jordan really couldn't do just because of his length and kd's able to do like that I, I don't think i've ever seen a better offensive player and i think the fact of how far i don't think i, don't think I would disagree with you by the way yeah I, it's, it's hard pressed to like we've never seen a guy like this with his skill set what he could do at seven feet tall i mean just more importantly how far he was able to take this brooklyn nets team with a one-legged james harden uh, you know, Joe Harris just unable to find the basket, like unable to be a shooter at all, a competent NBA shooter at all. Kyrie gone. And it's essentially just team of uh, guys or just really role players stepping up in different times. And he took this team so far. And if, for, if KD had worn a size 14 and a half shoe instead of 15, we'd be just completely just having a different story about this. Um, this guy is just dropping 50 pieces as well. Like I just haven't seen somebody offensively like KD in this league right now. And I think he's, he's not a net negative defender at all. I think he's a net positive. I just think he's, he's not the, he's obviously nowhere close to being the post defender that Giannis is pretty good perimeter defensor, uh, defensive player. But I think just what he does offensively in a league that just is predicated upon offense. I think KD just for another year or two, I would take, but there's so many X factors with Giannis, bro. Like that, I you know I don't know if obviously give me two three years and I think Giannis uh, takes it without you know any grain of salt. But I still have KD as number one for me, man. What's so crazy is, man, for how long has the answer to this question been LeBron James yeah, no man. contest? Really, since '09, from '09 to 2018, maybe 2019, you could possibly make the case 2020 he was still the best during that finals run. Yeah. But basically for the greater part of a decade, it was LeBron James and no one else challenged the throne. And now I feel like we're going to start to see a top 10 list that shifts every year as to who's number one overall. And KD, you know, 2018 or I'm sorry, 2019 during the Warriors playoff run, before KD tore his Achilles, that first round matchup versus yeah. the Clippers when Beverly annoyed them and the Clippers somehow took them to seven games, I think. Yeah, for some, I have no idea how the fuck that happened. KD at certain points in that series and the following series looked like the best player in the world. He was putting up numbers and scoring in ways that I'd never seen before. And I remember thinking like, bro, this is it. Like, He's going to win the ring this year. No LeBron James out east. LeBron's out injured and his team's not even in the playoffs in the West, he's going to win the championship this year, and he's going to be the best player in the NBA in 2020. And then, unfortunately, he tears his Achilles. That's done. So it's crazy to see him back so fast. This late in his career, being 32 years old, you know, recovering from an Achilles is no joke, let alone when you're on the wrong side of 30. 
And for him to do so and elevate himself to the tier one of players we're talking about, I think there's three guys in this tier one. Giannis and KD are two of them. But, man, KD, like you said, man, if, if, he was, if I was starting my team, you gave me one season of basketball and I was getting KD instead of Giannis, I wouldn't be mad. Yeah. I'm going to build a championship team off that. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think they go back and forth. And I think if, if that's why I'm really excited about because like there's things that I think Giannis has done every single year to improve his game. And I think if he's already this good, you know, at this point of his career right now, I'm keen to see what he adds next year to his game that can propel, you know, that can still like initiate this conversation for KD guys like me to definitively say, Giannis, no, you've, you've taken this. Like it's, it's your league now. So I'm excited to see what happens next year because of it. But I think that's going to get us to number three, right? Vola, I think we're talking about that tier one. Um, I think Braun's still three, right? I think we agree to that. Braun is still, yeah. Again, yeah. the last image that people have of Braun is probably the image that they're going to make the argument for as to where he is on this ranking list. Mm-hmm. But let's not forget, man. This is LeBron James. Absolutely. 36-year-old coming off the shortest offseason in NBA history after winning the ring. Injures high ankle sprain, which is already an injury that takes a long time to come back from. He comes back early from that and doesn't look like himself. 36-year-old off a serious injury. So I think LeBron gets healthy, comes back, and is still a Tier 1 player. And before the high ankle sprain, you know, LeBron was still one of the three best guys in the league. Just with his IQ, his offensive abilities, his physical abilities, turning into old man Braun, down in the post, utilizing his strength. And again, his consistency shooting the three at this stage in his career. LeBron's still a Tier 1 player, man. Yeah, I mean, I think for me... Every time that we've questioned LeBron James, I think he's come back and shown that he'll win a championship. I think last time was when Kawhi ended up winning the championship in Toronto and everybody was, you know, get coronating him as the next coming. And then Braun ends up just winning the championship in 2020. So I, I love it when, you know, we have these discussions because I think Braun, LeBron James hears them as well. And I think he, he definitively still believes that he's the best player in this league. As you should. I mean, 38-year-old Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, won finals MVP that year and went what 26 points a game so if kareem was able to do it at 38 i don't see any reason of why lebron can't be consistently that good as well and i think he's in better shape than kareem ever will be as well and, and the lakers are going to make some trade yeah oh 100 they're going to make some move to bring in a third guy i mean the last one that i saw was a rumor for russell westbrook yeah i mean hearing that russell saw. westbrook or chris paul i think that would be the perfect addition as well i mean I, I personally i don't think that you need any more help but i think you just need better fits around your team i don't think you need another star i think a healthy ad and Braun. uh that's scary that's scary in the west so i'm not i'm not too worried about them i think they're still gonna be fine i think health is really the biggest benefactor for them for next year um but yeah who do we have a number four, man? I still, is it still James Harden, bro? It's four, five, and six is tier two. Yeah, I would agree with you. So number four on this list has got to be Harden. I agree. I think the disrespect that's been mounting on James Harden's name, particularly when you look at him going to Brooklyn and doing everything that they said he couldn't do in Houston, being a playmaker, being unselfish, which, by the way, he was already doing in Houston, but the narrative was already painted that he couldn't do that. Comes to Brooklyn, does those things, carries a Nets team that has no KD and it a large stretch is no Irving through portions of the regular season where they were in tight, tight races with the surrounding teams, the three, four, five, the one seed even at a certain point. And Harden carried them through that, playing unbelievable basketball, averaging like 29, 11, and 10 on ridiculous splits as well. Harden goes into the playoffs, you know, has that hamstring injury, 
And in the first round against Boston looks good. Put like 72% true shooting percentage, averaging 30 points, 11 assists. And then, you know, the re-aggravated hamstring happens. And he's not himself against the Bucks. But people forget, you know, James Harden is still one of those guys who you just put him out there with one pick and roll threat and a couple guys who can shoot, no star talent. Your team's still probably going to win 50 games. And his ability to do that puts him at the top of this tier two list. Not quite tier one because he only affects the game from one angle, and that's the offensive angle. Has become a competent defender, no longer a liability there, and a pretty solid post defender on top of that. Uh, but yeah, man, James Harden, number four. I don't see anyone else. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more with you, bro. I think for for me, Harden, um, it just makes me think of like, this guy's still the greatest perimeter offense player I think I've personally seen. Play off, you know, play off the perimeter, make uh, offensive sets directly based off of that. And I think he really didn't have a regressed year at all. I think he's kept, he's conditioned his body very well. And I think he's one of those guys that his game's going to age until his mid-30s. And I think next year, uh, this last year's, you know, was uh, was another an indication of even he, even though he changed teams changed into new systems he was still able to retain that same sort of efficiency and uh, effectiveness for every team and i think that it, that's going to continue for him and man i am excited the amount of shade that Giannis has been throwing after he won this chip at james harden i think uh, i think it's pretty the odds on favorite are pretty much next year that the brooklyn nets are going to win the championship so i think if james harden can win finals mvp or come out like that we're gonna have a totally different discussion for next year but i'm I'm loving this whole Giannis and uh, james harden um rivalry coming back up as well tell me how how hard is it for you to answer this question yeah healthy brooklyn nets beat the bucks in five games yes or no yes candidly easy easy dude that's just it's <laughs> offense wins games bro. how do you stop you have a you have a team with two of the top 10 players two of the top five players in this fucking league like come on dude that's yeah, just not it, fair it would not it would not be pretty and your third Bucks. best player is probably like a top is definitely a top five point guard in this league like that's just not fair it's bro. just difficult to watch harden in the final game of that series yeah not be himself but that's what people realize you know a healthy Harden completely changes the atmosphere of that and then you throw another top 15 player in Kyrie Irving into the mix come on yeah there's no reason they don't win next year uh but that gets us number five man uh who do you have as your number five I think we both have the same five as well Steph Curry baby 100 percent. yeah I mean what he did again at the age he's at with the defense being focused on him because of the lack of help he had it's got to merit some some reward here. And that reward comes as being ranked the fifth best player on Not Your Weekly Sports Pod's top 10 players in the NBA. Boom. Couldn't agree more, man. Uh, yeah, it'd be, at this age, just came off of a top three MVP voting as well. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people for the very long period of time thought that he was supposed to be league MVP this year as well. Don't think it would have happened as number eight seed, but he put, an, he put on an MVP-esque year. I would argue that this is probably his most impressive year offensively just because... Um, he didn't have Clay Thompson to take the load off his back, right? Like this, we would argue probably the second or third greatest shooter of all time is not there to pretty much carry your offensive load. And Draymond really wasn't healthy either. So you're it's pretty much Steph, Andrew Wiggins, Kelly Oubre, and a rookie James Wiseman. And making the playoffs with that team is really impressive to say nonetheless. So yeah, Steph's still up there, man. And I mean, I think this just makes us excited for the Warriors next year for all the problems that the Warriors have caused. Uh, I think the NBA is better with the healthy Warriors team. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited to see healthy Steph, Clay, Draymond, and whatever the trade they actually end up making. Who knows if they get Ben Simmons or something either. So James Wiseman, the seven pick. Yeah, the 14 the pick. The 14 pick and Andrew Wiggins. That's you, think that, you think that can get you Dame? 
I've been hearing Bradley Beal. I, 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 and yes, Dame, like, I don't know, man. It's just, it makes me think, like, do you need another front court piece? Or I personally just want Ben Simmons on this team. I think he just fits in like a glove at the four. If I you, think so, if too. Keep Draymond. Like, your backcourt's set. Like, don't fuck. You've won 73 games with this backcourt before, bro. Like, don't don't change this shit. Yeah, don't really look at thing. Yeah, so that's, yeah. But to your point, bro, yeah, he's, he's top five. I think he's right dead in the middle of our tier two list. I think this is where we just no. I think we have we have the same number six as well. Well, I think what we have, do we both have Kawhi Leonard? Number Kawhi six? Leonard number yeah. six. Kawhi Leonard just you know being the efficient shooter that he is. You pair that with probably the best high post mid post isolation threat in the NBA in what he is, along with you know developing as a playmaker in the late stages of his career. Kawhi Leonard ability to absolutely shut someone down on defense when he chooses to propels him to tier two in this list man he's that guy who possesses the two angle both sides of the game aspect of it just unfortunately for him he's not a generational offensive threat like Harden and Steph yeah I mean I think that's the main thing that we talked about as well I think like offensively I say Kawhi is 75% of the player that um, that both Steph and James Harden are at least lately in this past two years that I've really seen uh, defensively he's just the he's I would say the only thing close to a Giannis stopper that you haven't he was a Giannis stopper in 2019 when they played uh, each other and he won a championship to go past him um, and it makes me it, it makes it keen it makes it, it gives you that what if if man if Kawhi was able to just stay healthy this year I think this team we get that Kawhi versus uh, Giannis matchup that we were really keen I wonder yeah I, I wonder a healthy Clippers team versus this Bucks team who wins that series. That'd be a fun series because you have, yeah, two superstars against another rising coming number one guy. So it'd be, it'd be fun. I would definitely would. I think that would have been a fun series to watch instead of, instead of this. But uh, to your point, you have all, I think this guy is easily number six. Uh, he's won a championship before two time finals MVP. Uh, his game, I think just fits in with any other superstar that you could ask for. I think the only question mark that we have now, and it sucks, is that he just got ACL, his uh, ACL, I believe, repaired. Was it ACL or MCL? I think it was his ACL, ACL, right? ACL. He has, yeah, he has ACL repaired. So I think it's just going to be, uh, you know, that thought process of does he come back the same? Is he going to take his time? Um, you know, how is he going to look when he comes back? But he's been relatively healthy before. I think he's had those lower um, lower extremity issues before as well. But he came back and won a championship after his last time that this happened. Was it to say he doesn't do it again with the Clippers? Yeah. I don't know, man. That's tough. He's going to miss basically this whole next year. Yeah. Clippers lose pretty much the whole core of players they have. Yeah, hey, yeah. Paul George signed for five years, right? So Paul George years. stays. Yeah. yeah. Just, we'll see. Are they going to just redo this experiment and just build around them again? That's, there's a lot of question marks. Yeah. Like the whole Reggie Jackson thing. There's a lot of contracts here on this team that, like, if you want to bring back, you they're trade the big, Patrick They're Ridley. the big wild card in the West right now. It's fun, man. Well, yeah. I watched them end up getting Ben Simmons, and I'm like, oh my God. You have like three of the, you have the three best perimeter defenders on your team. That'd be a nice compliment. Ben That'd be Simmons. Fun. To That'd be fun to see, guys. man. I'm, I'm excited to see, but, uh, well, I think that that ends up tier that that that's my tier two. Like I think tier two's tier, done. Yeah, that's it. Those guys are all in the tier themselves, and uh, I think there's there can be some movement as well into that. But I think those two are solid, solidly set. And then seven, eight, nine, ten are in a yeah. class of their own. I agree. These are the superstars, but not quite their time to do things on their own. Yeah. Number seven. Who do we got, bro? So I think this is where our list initially differed, but yeah. I agree with you, man. I'm gonna go Joel Embiid mm-hmm. here at number seven. I think personally the best center in the NBA. I agree. Right now in basketball. Um what he was doing pre meniscus tear was, you know, we forget at a point before Joel Embiid's injury, he was right there in the MVP conversation. He was the MVP. Like if yeah. not leading the MVP conversation. So for him to warrant a spot on a top ten, I think it's gotta be right here at the top of the third tier 
only because I don't think he's shown that he can carry a team by himself. And is that fair to say for him, not having had a second true superstar now that we know what Ben Simmons is? Maybe not. Maybe we're putting a little too much weight on him. Um, But at this point in his career, until he can make some noise in the playoffs with another superstar, I think he's going to stay right here because of the fact that he misses time. He's always an injury threat. Um, And it's tough for him to get involved sometimes offensively just because of the nature of the game and him being a slower-footed seven-footer who often shows signs of having conditioning issues, which is, again, scary for your franchise player. Yeah, I think there's certain things about Joel that are just very promising and intriguing. Some things that's kind of like, all right, man, I wish you could have done a little bit more. I think first and foremost, coaching is a huge issue because I think Joel needs to be involved much more in an offense. I think there was a lot of times that we saw, especially I think just with the inefficiencies of Ben Simmons this year, that I kept looking. I'm like, Joel needs to be more involved. Like, take the ball away from Ben Simmons. Get Joel involved. He needs to be the center of your offense. You can play him in different ways, experiment, do a better job. And I think that time is going to come, especially now since we know that Ben Simmons is nearly one foot out the door. So I think that opportunity has the opportunity to increase right there. Uh, defensively, dude, he's he's the best post defender I think I, we have in this league. Not named Giannis. Um, this guy's like he's not going to get bullied. He can be your rim protecting center that you really need. Um, he's everything that you would want more. And I think that there's a that conditioning is. I think it's going to happen in which he's going to look one year and say, man, if I can just be you know ten pounds less, ten pounds of more muscle potentially, and I can get to that next tier of being superstar, um, I think we're going to see it. And I think that. Philly is just one of the biggest wild cards that we have out east. If Cl- the Clippers are going to be that wild card out west, uh, who are the, the who is Daryl Morey going to pair up with Joel Embiid? And honestly, the, we, Joel has an opportunity if he is paired up with the right superstar that he can end up winning Finals MVP and be propelled up into a higher tier real quickly. You think the seventh, fourteenth pick, Joel, James Wiseman, and Andrew Wiggins with Joel Embiid is enough to make damage in the in the east? I don't know if that's enough damage to get in the East or if you can get that and get another superstar. I think not another superstar. If you can but get another flip star, that for someone else, if you can flip that for somebody else and maybe keep certain pieces, like if you want to keep Wiggins as your three or get, get rid of Wiggins to get somebody else, maybe you can get a D'Angelo Russell or something, you know, get another point guard fit. That would be really well into this. Or maybe you're able to finagle Colin Sexton. That'd be fun as fuck to see as well. Ooh. So there, there's a lot of different like traditional point guards. I would love to see with a Joel Embiid, because I think that's what really is going to work with him. And if they get the right piece, uh, if anybody can figure out, it's Daryl Morey, bro. We've seen it. Yeah, we've seen it before. So I'm I'm excited, bro. This is going to be a lot of fun to get rid of Ben Simmons and see what this is going to be next year. All right, Um, so Joel Embiid, number seven overall. Let's go to number eight here. No disagreements between us. It hurts to say. Yeah. But Luka Doncic, Dallas Maverick. Yeah, I mean, Cuban is the luckiest motherfucking owner in the league. Go from one generational talent to another both international white boys like and we i know mark cuban has the thing for certain guys and we see it right here in his little fetish but i'm just <laughs> this is just jealousy coming out yeah luka Doncic is just all world bro it's gonna be it's not gonna be too too far that we have him soon in the tier one category yeah i mean the guy averages nearly a 30 point triple double back-to-back years since his sophomore to now third year mvp yeah. candidate um you know almost leads a dallas team devoid of any talent to the playoffs Unfortunately, his supposed second star can't play due to injuries in Chris Stapps. 
And who knows, man? Who knows where Luka's going to be in a couple of years? Is he still going to be a Mav? Who are the Mavs going to surround him with, if anyone? Are they going to be able to move on from Chris Stapp's contract? Will Chris Stapp's come back from knee injuries? A lot of question marks around Luka and his supporting cast. But one thing is sure, and that's he's a bona fide superstar yeah. already at the age of 22. The guys showed extreme polish. And you only wonder where else he can go with this game, already being you know this nice with his offensive package. What else is he going to be able to add? Like, yeah. what else can he add? I mean, dude, I just I look at this I look at this guy, bro, and I'm just like, there's so many guys that I know that want to get into basketball, like or like that were afraid of you know getting into basketball because they were bored of it or something of that nature. But Luca kind of reinvigorated that spirit for them to come watch basketball back, and I'm excited that this guy is going to be one of the future faces of the of the league. Um, and you know, I'm really excited about this hire for the Mavs with Jason Kidd. Because I think if anybody can be, you know, relatable to to Luka Doncic, he's a point guard who played at the highest level in Jason Kidd. And some of the I heard an interview that he had with you know, on ESPN where he was talking about where he really wants Kristaps to take the role back he did in, with the New York Knicks, in which playing in the post, being aggressive. And I think that's going to work wonders because if you remember just a couple of years ago in the bubble, Kristaps and Luka looked like they were the best duo in that bubble for a brief period of time in that first round. So I think they looked he, like they were going to beat the Clippers. Yeah, they looked like they looked like a really good duo. And this was a 20 year old Luka Doncic at this point as well so I think there's a couple of things that they could finagle I think Dallas just needs to get some talent and I think Luka you can I think the question of can you win the a championship with Luka as your best player absolutely yeah I yeah think so so I, I think that this guy is going to be really fun to watch I think he's eight, he's going to be number eight very temporarily I think next year when we talk about this list I wouldn't be surprised if he's in that second tier with Harden and Curry I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the first depending on what yeah. happens with his co-mates honestly um, let's go to number nine here, Nikola Jokic. Yeah, reigning league MVP. I think Nikola's the first player on this list. Tell me if you disagree, by the way, mm-hmm. where you're not going to win a championship with him as your best player. I disagree. I, I do. I, I do disagree with that. Um, but I will say that there's a possible amongst all of the people that we have on this list. I would I would agree to that point, but I still think that the Denver Nuggets can win a championship with Jokic as the best player on their team. I really do. I think doing him and Murray, hundred percent. Him, really? Mur- him, Murray, uh, your boy Michael Porter Jr. Um, I think that can win you a championship, and I think you still have Aaron Gordon. I think you can move Aaron Gordon on to, uh, for a better for a better piece, and having a big four essentially of that. Jokic getting better. Uh, Murray gets to play completely off ball. Jokic can play off ball certain times where he didn't have the opportunity to do this year. Uh, I think Denver's in a very good spot, and he, they can be a huge wild card next year, especially with no Kawhi Leonard coming back as well. I mean, if they were healthy this year, they would have probably, probably been the odds-on favorite to come out of the West. Yeah, they would have beat the Suns. If, they, if Jamal Murray was on that team, I, I think they would have beaten the Suns. I think that gets you over Phoenix, personally. So, and, you know, I feel like it's so tragic because the basketball historians will forget this. 100%. 10 years from now, who's going to remember that? Yeah, dude, the Nuggets would have won the championship this particular year if not for injuries. Other than Nuggets fans, no one's, or obsessive fans like ourselves. <laughs> but yeah, Jokic, the biggest weakness with Jokic, I think, and this goes for all seven footers, but particularly him due to his lack of lateral athleticism, is for bigger guys, it's tough for them to stay in, stay in games, late in games, because of defensive purposes. Mm-hmm. Because of rules and because, you know, the offense tends to crowd the post late in games, late in playoff games. So you see them not able to finish these games out and to have your best player as a guy you absolutely can't have in 
at all parts of any game at any time always hurts. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying with that, but I just think the way that Jokic is able to circumnavigate that is the fact that, first off, he's an elite elite rebounder. Probably, I would say, one of the best rebounders in this league, really. Uh, and doesn't have the athleticism to get the rebounds, but somehow always ends up with the ball. So I think him being an elite rebounder really helps. And I think, secondly, just... We've never seen a fucking point center, right? Like we talk about, everybody wants to throw the term unicorn around in the league. And, you know, it's really easy to throw that term around with Nikola Jokic, right? Like, I don't think we've ever seen a heliocentric fucking center, right? Like, if you really think about it, this guy is a point center that plays at the top of the key, really. And he, you, can run, you can run a very efficient top five offense in the league with this guy doing it the first year, really. And when Murray comes back, you have a two-headed version of that. Both elite, elite players playing at point guard and switching off at every time and pretty much can play off ball as well. I think there's so many opportunities to be had with this team that we're going to see next year that I'm, I'm just, I'm looking at my chops, bro. Yeah, it's, I mean, is Denver the favorite for the Western Conference next year? I mean, think about, you've got the Lakers. Yeah. Healthy LeBron and AD mm -hmm. that you're going to have to deal with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. The Clippers, they're out of it. Yeah, no Kawhi, no, no nothing. The Suns are going to be the Suns. Who knows what offseason moves they're going to make, but Warriors that core is going to be back. Yeah. The Warriors are back. Jazz, we can't. We really can't say it. Number one seed last year. So, yeah, man. I mean, a healthy Nuggets team, where do they fit into all of that? Are they one of the three best teams out west? I don't know. I, I See, I don't know. When I think does Murray come back also yeah. is a question you have to answer. Yeah, I think it's all it's all dependent on, on, on Murray, right? I mean, what, the, the Nuggets were the number four seed this year, I believe, right, with this team that they had, and the team kept changing throughout the year. Um, so before we turn this into a fucking Denver Nuggets podcast, I, I definitely do think this could be a top... <laughs> A top four or five seed easily in this league. And I think we're going to get into that afterwards as well. But this will turn into a Denver Nuggets podcast very quickly. If that Trying to expand our demographics here right. on Nightly <laughs> Sports Pod. It's oh. the part of uh, Anchor where they tell you the percentage of viewers. Just Colorado right zero. Colorado. We just went up to 0.1%. <laughs> I love it. All right. Let's round out the top 10. This Bad. is it. Now, yeah. people are going to feel disrespected, but number 10, it's Dame time. Yeah. There's there's literally nobody else I could think of outside my head, bro. Um, in an era where offense is everything and point guard plays, that is the absolute max. This is the second version of Steph Curry that I really we really have. And I definitely the most clutch player in this league. Uh, Dame Lillard. Yeah. That, what, what else is there to say about Dame Lillard at age 30? Me and you always give him flack. Not so much him, but we always give the Blazers flack when mm -hmm. we talk about the playoffs, stating that the Blazers are the forever pretender of the 2010s in the Western Conference, which has been true even further back. Even the LaMarcus Aldridge, Brandon Roy combo was really a pretender. The Rockets' first first-round victory was against them without Tracy McGrady. But none of that was ever because of Damian Lillard. Dame carried the Warriors, and because of the offensive output he was able to give you, was able to consistently give you a playoff team out in a loaded West for the greater part of a decade, purely based on offensive talent. Yeah. And so that alone warrants him a spot on this top 10 list. And, you know, for a guy who's now 30 years old, who's demanding out, probably owns the title of best available player on the trade market right Easily. now during a time where there's some interest, very interesting players on the market. Easily. I think that Dame, uh, the, the way that Dame was used and the team that was always built around Dame never really suited to his, like, you know, the way that he really plays. Like there was never an elite level, you know, 
two guard that can keep up with him just like him pretty much next to him right you didn't have Bradley Beal next to him you had essentially CJ McCollum next to him and the way that the it was kind of spread off um, I think they, they needed a, an elite big man with Dame and I think that goes to the point of there's a, a couple of teams out east that I feel that if they get Dame easily propel themselves to championship contention against the Bucks and uh, and the Brooklyn Nets as well so so one of them is the Sixers one of them is the Sixers the other is the Miami Heat the my if the my if you get if you if you have a team of Bam, Jimmy and Dame, I think that automatically contends for the best spot in the East. Miami well. already with a healthy Goran Dragic, which we didn't get to see a whole lot in these last couple of years, but when he was healthy, already looked like that team yeah. in spurts. So yeah, you replace that fifty fifty Goran and you add a fully healthy Damian Lillard. That's a really interesting team. I, I like the fit in Philly a little bit better. Um just because of the number of touches that are available mm-hmm. in Philly as opposed to Miami. But yeah, that's nonetheless, both teams would be scary. Yeah. I mean, you don't have another, I would say a true offensive superstar like Joel Embiid, who's probably going to have the offense really ran through him. Um, but like the compliment of having, you know, an elite wing defender and Jimmy Butler and having an elite defending center as well. Like all you have to focus on is literally giving you a 50 piece every fucking night, but that pick and roll duo with Embiid and Dame sheesh. That's good. That would just be so much fun to watch. And then uh, an open Tobias Harris in the corner every single time. Like that would just, that would be something that Philly fans will be just yearning for. Um, and it's, it's, it's literally Dame's time. Like Dame, I, I beg you, bro, like for all the basketball fans, like put your ego aside. I know you want to win one the old fashioned way like Giannis did in, you know, winning one with Portland, but it's not going to happen, bro. Like unless they, you guys don't have a number one or number two overall pick. You guys haven't historically drafted that, that well that you're going to have a superstar immediately next to you. Bradley Beal is not coming to you, Dame. Like you're not getting another elite superstar to come next to you to play in Portland. And unfortunately we want you to all win a championship. Go to the East, bro. Like, put your ego aside. Go to a championship contention and give the NBA fans what they've been waiting for, man. Dame, you heard it here. Don't make Nabil disappointed. Don't make me sad, bro. Make it happen, okay? Boom. <laughs> Honorable mention, people are going to wonder why Anthony Davis isn't on here. Yeah. Anthony Davis was not a top 10 player in basketball. It'd be hard to make the argument for him being a top 15 or top 20 player based on the season that he had this year, despite how incredible he looked, Disney AD. Yeah, this was, uh, if we're going to go back, I remember saying that I expected KD, uh, sorry, I expected AD to win MVP, this league MVP this past year. And the regression that he showed... I from I don't know why like I don't know if it was really health, health I really motivation, I motivation who knows I don't know man but the regression that he took this year was really disappointing especially he's young too right he's like 27 28 yeah. like he's very young so he shouldn't be showing this short sort of regression I'm hoping it was just a one year thing no big deal next year he comes out strong and you know hopefully seeing Giannis you know play the way he did motivates him to win league MVP because we all know talent wise he has the talent to win league MVP easily in this league so I'm hoping you know it gets better and you know, that's what Le- Daddy LeBron is banking on as well. So mm-hmm. don't make your daddy disappointed. Do what you're supposed to do. Don't make Nabil mad. Oh, don't do it. And just give us a season like we're used to seeing AD. And there you go. Boom. Top 10 players list. Congrats, Giannis. You're a champ. Yeah. By the way, how about Stephen A. Smith predicting when they drafted? <laughs> oh, my. God. When they drafted Giannis, how about Stephen A. Smith on Sports Center predicting? Oh, by the way, they're gonna call him Bo because ain't no one gonna say out of care. Boom, Bo. Oh my! God. So they're gonna call him Bo. It's been a bad year for Stephen A. Smith. The whole thing with Shohei Otani saying stuff like this. Ugh. 
It's, 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 it's the cringe of ESPN. And then you hear other people as well, Vala, like say that Giannis can't be the face of the league because you can't pronounce his last name. Like some ignorant shit that we've been hearing. But, you know, you got two of the wokest in the room and from Not Your Weekly Sports Pod fam. There you go. That's why you keep listening to us and not the fakes. We'll bring you the realist. Keep Nabil, the real deal. Follow the, the ball. Keep it that way, bro. Mm. Boom. Bye. Bye.